Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So now it's a best of three between the Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Says the Lightning bounced back from their loss. They win seven to three. They got up fast, Steve, versus Nick, three to nothing in the first eight minutes. And the smartest thing they did that had to be done, they stayed the hell out of the penalty box. Well, they stayed the hell out of the penalty box, but they, they were skating. They yeah, came so they out flying. flying yeah. in this mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And it was really a carryover from the end of game three when they played very well the last 30 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. They just dug themselves too big of a hole with four penalties in the first 22 minutes on Friday night. Right. And, you know, then they had Ross Colton missed an empty net. And then you got to give Jack Campbell credit on Friday night. The stop against Stamkos mm. with the snipe. And then uh, Nick Paul, his move. I mean, he was an inch or two away from scoring. Right. I mean, Jack Campbell kept that game from at least going to overtime. And, and you know, that's sometimes you got to count on your goalie to do that. And Toronto got that in game three. But come game four, the Lightning came out flying and, and made a statement immediately. I mean, Steven Stamkos. First of all, they start with the with the Hagel Paul line, uh, Colton line, and they're flying up and down the ice. Yeah, Stamkos comes on, and a minute in, it's one nothing. Yeah, and then at that point, you know, the route was on for that period, and they just kept applying pressure and pressure, and they were flying up and down the ice. And when you get three goals from your fourth line, all three players in that fourth line, Pat Maroon. Pierre Edward Belmar and, and Corey Perry. Now Corey Perry scored on the power play, but all three guys on your fourth line score. That's tremendous in the playoffs. That's what you have to have some depth scoring because your top guys aren't always going to be able to produce because the other team's putting their shutdown lines against your top guys. Yeah. You know, that's always why that it was always talked about the Gord Goudreau Coleman line. You got to have more than two lines in, in the playoffs to make a deep run. And if your third line is scoring and your fourth line is scoring three goals in a night, that's a good sign. Well, I, it was Stamkos' first goal of the series. Is that right? Yes, that's correct, of the playoffs, yep. Yeah. And so, and, and, and look, you're right. You're exactly right. You need, you need secondary scoring, and that fourth line get, gave it to them. The, the move by Maroon was phenomenal, how he held, held that puck to the last second. <laughs> he was asked in the post game. So where'd you come up with those moves? And before he could answer, Steven Stamko said, what, you didn't see his OHL tapes? His OHL <laughs> tapes, yeah. That was hilarious. Kind of falling down, and he, and he, and he, he gets, the, gets it in there. But, um, so you do need that. But you also need your best players to play, to play really, really well. Mm-hmm. And so Stamkos gets his first goal. Here's, here's the thing that I'm, I'm curious about, because – you know, 16th time, right, or depending on your math, whatever you think it is, it's the 16th time that they have followed a loss with a win. At some point, you're going to have to win two in a row. Somebody will, uh, or you're not going to keep advancing. But I do think that um, what's unusual about this, it seems to me that these have been, I don't know, 
Like, you either start fast or you don't. And, I mean, that's important in every hockey series, in every game, every playoff game. They've, they've given up a number of goals. Like, these have been fairly high-scoring games. I guess, I'm, I guess I'm waiting for that, you know, one-to-nothing, two-to-one, Vassy steals one from you type of game. I'm just curious why this seems to be lopsided both ways um, as to whoever. And I know there's empty netters at the end the other day, mm-hmm. the 5-2 game. But it seems to be a fairly high-scoring series. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. The scoring, first of all, was up in the regular season. It was the highest scoring season since, I think, 95-96. Okay. Um, and no one's quite sure exactly why. Uh, some have said it's because of uh, lack of practice time, because of the compressed schedule. Uh, others are saying just the skill level is getting that good. Um, some think it's more power plays, but really there hasn't been more power plays called this year. Uh, but power plays were at a higher percentage this year, which leads you to think the skill and, and all that associated with Some will tell you it was ex- because of expansion this year, that now all of a sudden mm-hmm. in the last three to four years you've gone from 30 teams to 32, which means the talent is dispersed a little more. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so teams aren't quite as, as deep. And you were wondering if this was going to carry over to the playoffs, and it has. Now, the interesting part about it is that it's the number of – in this series, a lot of it's the number of penalties called. This has been a weird series, and we talked about this last week. It's hard to find a lot of flow five-on-five five in this series. Yeah. Because there's been so many penalties. Yeah. And, and that you have long spurts of time where star players aren't playing because you're on the penalty kill. Friday right. night, the Lightning took four penalties in the first 22 minutes, most of them bad penalties, mm-hmm. two over-the-glass penalties, one after the whistle, you know, at the end of a period, Chernak gets the penalty uh, for roughing. You know, those kind of things that it's not – you're not stopping a breakaway and you took a penalty. Okay, you can live with that one. You know, it's the ones that the, – the, the mental errors, the, the, thing, the after-whistle penalties, those are the ones you want to avoid power plays. I mean, because mm-hmm. you're going to have to be on the penalty kill in the playoffs. But while you're doing that, I mean, Toronto's power play, one for three on the power play tonight. So I think that's now three for 18 in the series, which is 16%, not great. And one of those was a five on three. Right. So, I, yeah. you know, those you almost expect to score on, you know. So their their power play hasn't been great, which they had the best power play in hockey this season. But the more time you give them on the power play, the moment, like you said, if, if they're on the power play, that means Kucherov, Point, and Stamkos. Your are best not players on the ice. aren't playing. Yeah, yeah, they're not on the ice. They're not getting in a flow and a rhythm while the best players for the other team's on the ice. And you saw that happen tonight to Toronto. They took a lot of penalties. Yeah. And L- the Lightning had a five on three and scored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and so, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Sergachev and Hedman and, and Point and Stamkos and. Uh, Kucherov are all, you know, they're all getting tons of time on the ice and tons of time with less defenders on them, which aren't taxing minutes in that. So it helps the flow. But this series has been, there's been a ton of penalties called. And and to be honest, I'm not complaining about it. I don't, there's not many penalties. You sit there going, mm. I mean, yeah. I don't get the Nick Paul tripping penalty tonight at all. I'm like, he crashed into the boards and tried to protect himself after getting tripped. <laughs> or slashed, and you're going to call a tripping penalty on him because the guy went by him and, and hit him and tripped over him. It's like, I don't get that at all. But beyond that, and a couple, there's been a couple of knack ones where you're like, yeah, maybe. But, I mean, it, it, there's been penalties in this series. And it's really been one team has come out 
you want to say motivated, flying, urgent. I would say they have urgency, and it's really put the other team on their heels and forced penalties. And it's kind of been it's really gone the way of the series every other game. You know, Friday night, Toronto came out with urgency, and the Lightning took four penalties the first twenty-two minutes, and are down three-zero. Uh, came back and got it to three-two, and had some chances, and then the empty netters. On Sunday night, the Lightning, you know, score three goals in the first eight minutes, are up five nothing. Uh, what six minutes into the second period, and you know, Toronto then pushed back and fought back, and they got a couple goals, including a power play goal, and the Lightning add some empty netters. But it, it's really been whatever team is coming out and avoiding the mental mistakes and and skating fast is winning the series, and whoever scores first wins. Yeah, and I'm, you know, usually though, as series goes along, like you'll see penalties early in the series and then they kind of settle down and realize like like both mm-hmm. teams have now hey guys you know it it's too critical we can't spend time in the box like we need our best players on the ice we can't be that team and and then they get to playing hockey you know what i mean mm-hmm. does that make sense and it, I, it, I really it, it hasn't really calmed down just yet although i think the penalties that some of the penalties toronto took was because the lightning were just putting so much pressure on them well and, and that's know? the whole thing in this series if you look at this series there's no hitting going on no. It, this is a pure speed, skill, fast series, which the Maple Leafs have now taken Clifford out, who took that bad hit in this first shift right. in game one, and he's out. Wayne Simmons took two bad penalties in game two. He's, he's out. out. He's out. Yeah. This is purely a skill game now. And if the other team is skating faster than you, you're going to make some dumb p- tripping penalties and, and slashes and that. Slashes, because, yeah. because you're not skating as fast. You're not. You're beat. Yeah. You know, you're, you're slow on your feet compared to. The other team, and that's what's really happening, and that's why the penalties aren't. I mean, you know, let's see, the Lightning's penalties tonight: tripping, 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 roughing, <laughs> slashing. I mean, yeah, you know, those yeah. are the light. So, cross check, slashing, hooking. They had the delay game, uh, right. high stick, slashing, slashing. A lot of slashing penalties are because you're just not skating as fast, or you're behind, or you're beat. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's this is skill forcing penalties, and it's. And it, Game three was the opposite. It was the Lightning that were taking the dumb penalties and, and, and not skating as fast. And, and, you know, that's this is you're not seeing a bunch of roughing interference. Um, this is not a hitting series at all. This is not a physical series. This is a this is turning into a pure skating series. And right. the team that comes out the fastest each night seems to be winning the games. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Now, um, I talked about. You know, we haven't seen the two to one, one to nothing. On the whole, how do you think Andre Veslevsky has played? Have we seen him play his standard or his brand of playoff hockey yet? I think he's been really good. I wouldn't say he's been great. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple goals he might want back. Right. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't find any fault in his game. You right. know, it's Toronto's a really good team. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they, they scored, what, the second most goals in hockey this year? Yeah, and the best power play in the league. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they have, they have the numbers. You have Matthews. You got Marner. You got Tavares. You got Nylander. I mean, they got, they got guys that can shoot and put the and high skilled guys that can put the puck in the net. They got I, dudes. Yeah, yeah. As Matt Baker would tell you, they got dudes. <laughs> um, much like the Lightning have dudes. And, you know, yeah. Vassie's been fine. I mean, I don't, there's nothing you're sitting there going, you know, ooh, ooh. There's no, bad goals there's a couple maybe he might want back but you you know what i mean like you see over the i guess we become kind of used to seeing vasilevsky and he may still do it in this series and this would be a good time now that it's best of three 
But but you've seen him like be sublime, ridiculous. You know, like mm-hmm. almost okay. Like he's not just stopping the the hard shots. He's he's stoning these guys. Like there's mm-hmm. they can't beat him. Like it's he's in their heads now. You know what I mean? Like almost to that level. I don't think we've seen quite the best of Vasilevsky yet. And and look, they're not not that we've seen the best of them playing in front of him either. Because some of the games they've lost, they've they've sort of hung him out to drive. But um, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'll tell you the one guy, one guy who early in the series did not look right, and now suddenly is playing great is Braden Point. He is flying. Whatever so, was bothering him, yeah, he is. He's been the best player on the ice for the Lightning the last two yeah. years. Yeah, and he hasn't scored the goals, or you know, he's not even tallying a ton of us. But, but what the he's tempo, doing, tempo, tempo, right? What he's doing and the way he's skating has been. It's noticeable because of how much that was missing the yes. first part of the series and at the end of the regular season. And we know he missed a couple games, not in a row, but they sat right. him out a couple games for precautionary body maintenance, et cetera. Oh, he was hurt. Down the I mean, stretch. Some, yeah. Something was bothering There's him. There's something that was bothering him, or it may still be, but yeah. it, it sure doesn't look it. like it now, or at least, you know, he's you know motivated or whatever. But, yeah, he is flying up and down the ice. And, and speaking of him, and add in Sorelli and Kalorn. Right. The job that line has done against Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner is phenomenal. Yeah. Well, you said it before we got on the podcast. I didn't I didn't realize what the shots were. I did realize that they didn't call their names. I mean, mm-hmm. Matthews sort of disappeared in this game, which is impossible to do when you're the, the mm-hmm. NHL's leading scorer. Well, two shot attempts for him. Two shot um, attempts for Marner. I, I know Friday night, and that line was only against them for the first two periods because the third period, the Lightning changed up the lines trying to get a spark and yeah. trying to you know really push offensively because you're down 3 nothing. Right. But Friday night, and I haven't seen the stats for Sunday night yet, but Friday night, the first two periods, the point sorelli Kalorn line outshot the Marner-Matthews line 13 to nothing. Goodness. Out scoring chance them ten nothing and out high danger chance them five nothing. They were again th- that line disappeared tonight. Now Matthews had the assist on the power play, which the isn't tip, going yeah. against that line, and it's a power play. I mean that's you know, yeah, it was his shot that was tipped and, and went in. Nylander, the first goal, but I mean, when you're on home ice and you have the last change, that line has absolutely shut down Matthews and Marner. It is so impressive to see because as you said. Tell me when they called their names out outside of Matthew, Matthews in the faceoff circle because he took thirteen faceoffs because he's right. a centerman. But I mean, outside that, tell me, you know, and, and then you know, late with the power play that you had the shot, but that line disappeared. They have absolutely disappeared in this series, and, and you know, if it wasn't for the Lightning's bad penalties in, in Game Three because they were shutting that line down too, maybe the series is three-one Lightning. Right. Right, and and here's here's what I like about hockey and, and the way they do this. Okay, so uh, the series is tied 2-2. It's a best of three now. And game five in these type of series when you're tied seem to be what pivots it one way or the other because it's such a, mm-hmm. you know, you're just, you know, the other team can't lose at that point. Um, I really think that the ability to, to go on the road if you win there and then chance to close it out at Emily. In other words, it's not two games in Toronto back to back. This is this is where 
you know, this this is where you can really take hold of the series, obviously, in Game 5, but then to come back and maybe not have to have a Game 7 in Toronto, I mean, that the, just the format itself kind of helps the team that doesn't have home ice. You know, is that fair? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, okay, your series is tied, and now you win Game 5, you got a chance to make never go back and close this thing out. So this is, I mean, it goes without saying, you know, in, in a, in a seven-game series when you're, when you're tied, this game five is huge, but it's really big because then you get to go back to Emily and, and maybe never get back on that plane again to Toronto. Um, and that crowd's going to be hyped and this series has gone back and forth each time. So somebody has got to win two in a row. Eventually you would imagine, or at least if they don't, then Toronto's going to win the series because they, they'll win the, the, mm-hmm. you know, game seven. But I think this is perfect. I think this is set up for the lightning. If they can just, you know, and, and that's the thing about hockey. Like, there doesn't seem to be momentum that carries over from game to game. It's the weirdest thing to me. Each game is its own little chapter, you know, well, that doesn't it, necessarily have anything to do with the previous game. And in this series, it's been, you know, I mean, here's going to be the hard part for the Lightning, much like Toronto. Mm-hmm. Toronto played, I won't say a perfect game, but they played close to as well as they could play in game one. Yes, they did. And, and the Lightning played about as bad as you could play. But Toronto played a really good game in game one. Mm-hmm. Helped by the Lightning, but they couldn't match that game too. No, Toronto then played a really good game, Game Three, at least the first half. Couldn't get back up for it in Game Four. Game Four, yeah. The Lightning, meanwhile, played a bad game, Game One. Mm-hmm. Played a good game, Game Outstanding. Two. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Did not play a good, at least first half of the game in Game Three. Got better as it went on, but then, yeah. the, but the Lightning now played about as well as you can play. Mm-hmm. That was a complete effort. And, and and yeah, I know they end up giving up three at the end, but it's five nothing though. Yeah, I mean they played they played about as well as you're going to play a playoff game against a team like Toronto. Can you duplicate that in Game Five? So far in this series, no team's been able to do. No that. one has right. That doesn't it doesn't mean they can't. But you know you know Toronto's going to have a response. You know, if if Toronto doesn't have a response, then they got to question a lot of things on that team, and they, you know, they'll have a response, whether it's good got, enough to win. They got we'll a little see. pressure too. The, no, the, the history of, of of you know the Maple Leafs is is going to be they're going to be some nervous people. Like I, you you can feel that I think as as a hockey team, you know that if your fan base is kind of sitting there going, mm, we've we've seen this before. So there's you know obviously pressure to win the series, pressure for Game Five. Pressure being at home and knowing that if you don't win this game, they could close it out on you. And the champions have done that two years in a row now. That's how they won two Stanley Cups. I, I'm interested to see, you know, can the Lightning start those game, start this game the way they did, you know, Sunday night? Because mm-hmm. they, obviously, you always want to start fast, but they, they were, they were flying. They were the faster team. Um, there were some hits that went on early on, but they dominated zone time. They got a lot of shots, you know. They're going north and south. Like, it it was impressive to see them come out the way they did. Like, they're, they're, of course, when you score three goals in the first eight minutes, then you feel pretty good about yourself, and the confidence now is is, is raging. But um, you know, Toronto didn't know what hit them. And, you know, if you could do that or approximate that or – you know, and again, I'm still waiting for the one nothing two one game. Is it even possible in this series, where some team is going to go, hey, not tonight? You're not scoring more than two goals. You know, it's possible if the goalies are 
just incredible, right? Yeah, standing on yeah. their heads. I mean, we had a 3-2 game on Friday. Now, in a 5-2 after two empty netters. Yeah. I mean, that's more what you're used to seeing in the playoffs. You know what's funny? Um, I've been watching some. Have you been watching some of the other games? Yeah. Like, all through the playoffs, whether it's Pittsburgh, uh, whether it's uh, the Rangers, goaltenders are going down and being yanked and, you know, surprising stuff happening, quite frankly, where, you know, the one thing I think we can all say is that Maslowski's going to be in net. Like, they're, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's not going to play to a level where they go, yeah, you know what, maybe we but, – but the stability in some of the other teams during these playoffs is not there. Well, we've talked like, about that going into the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you know, particularly in the Eastern Conference, which team are you confident in their goalie situation? And the only one right. you could say you're absolutely confident is Tampa Bay. Right. Now, you know, I mean, Igor Shosturkin's played pretty well in this playoffs. Well, he's given up some. He got yanked after one period in a four to nothing deficit. Mm-hmm. Now they came back, but they took him out after the first period. Yep. Jack Campbell That's was taken shot. out tonight in, in for Toronto. Yeah. Um, now you know there's no goalie controversy. Shawgren's no, not going to start no, next game. No, 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 no. You know some of it is just save your goalie, right? You know rest him a little bit, or send a message to your other guys uh-huh. that you're not going to you know going to do a better job around them. Yeah, maybe. it's that too. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know Sheldon Keith talked about, you know, hey, we made the decision and, you know, we want him ready for the next game. And, mm-hmm. you know, a 5 nothing's a pretty tough deficit to come back from and doubtful that you can do that. And so we made that uh, decision that and we, we want to yeah. save him for the game. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, sometimes it's to send a message. Sometimes it's just this ain't our night. We're not going to win. Get him out of there. Yeah. If we some... can save 20 minutes of you not on the ice in a game that can, you know, rest is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's been some injuries, too, to goalies, which is, you know. Yeah. Did you see what happened to um, Darcy Kemper? Ooh. Did you I see did that not. one? No. Um, Johansson's stick got in between his mask. Oh, God. Hit him in the eye. <gasps> Oof. And he went down. And although apparently it's not as bad as they initially thought, so he might play in the series again. Wow. Didn't, didn't affect well, that was the scary. eye itself? Uh, well, I yeah. don't know. I mean, he left the ice immediately. I don't immediately. think that I've ever seen that, a guy's stick go inside a mask like yeah, that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it was it was a weird thing. He didn't. I, Johansson, I don't think he even knew it did it. I mean, he was wow. tied up with a guy in front. and Wow. Yeah, that was scary. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. I just, I know there's been a lot of changes, and some of it for injuries, and some mm-hmm. of it for just ineffectiveness. Um, yeah. Who's the old uh, Tampa Bay Lightning goaltender now? Louis Domingue is in Pittsburgh. Louis Domingue yeah. is getting it done in Pittsburgh. Of course, he, he lost the other night, but mm-hmm. uh, he had come in and stopped 17 shots yep. um, the game before and won. So, you know, Louis And all these there. series, too, going into Sunday, uh, seven of the eight series were at 2-1. to one. Mm-hmm. The four series that played on Sunday are all now 2-2. Two and two. Mm. So we'll get, the game fours of the other four series will be played tonight. Yeah. But, you know, the NHL's got to be thrilled. I mean, they love parity, and leagues love that, and, and – you're seeing series go back and forth, and uh, yeah. only Colorado's the only one up three nothing at this point, right? And you right. know they might be the best team in hockey. Uh, most of the year, we're considered the best team. Although Florida ended up winning the President's Trophy, but we kind of knew though the Eastern Conference was like there's a lot of teams that are good, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of teams that can win this side of the bracket, yeah. if you will. Well, like Carolina took a two zero lead, and you're thinking they're going to run away with the series. Boston's now tied at two two. Yeah, I mean, they, all you know, all four home games have been won by the teams there, right? 
And it's 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 been a fun, exciting playoff so far for I mean, the NHL has to be thrilled. Well, happy for Lightning fans. I knew some people that went to the game. I did not, um, but they were you know there was a little anxiety and and there's nothing like three goals in eight minutes to make you say, yeah, this is our night. We're here at a good we're here at a good time. Like <laughs> it's a good start, honey, honey. We can go get some popcorn if you want to. I think we're okay, you know, because you don't always get that, and uh, especially in postseason. So um, that was. That was a a, uh, a quick strike by the Lightning, no pun intended. But they they jumped all over, and we'll see if they can do that in Toronto. If they can, uh, you know, you win one game, then it's home to, to close out a series, and 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 away you go. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, let's be honest. You get that first series behind you. Not that the rest of it's going to be a cakewalk, because it won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you do you do sort of build on it. You know what I mean? You do build on okay. We just dispatched a really talented Toronto team. If you're able mm-hmm. to do that, or if you're Toronto, we just we just got rid of the world. I mean, how much confidence would they have knocking out the Lightning, right? The two-time Stanley Cup champions, uh, really experienced team, really veteran team, great goaltender. You you pull that out, you feel like you can beat anybody. I think the Lightning feel that way anyway. But um, you know, to win this series and move on, uh, I, th- I think sometimes it's just a matter of you know getting that first one and then. You know, well, I think I think part of that builds. is is that you go from the regular season to the postseason, and everything yeah. ramps up. Yeah, but as you go from series to series, if you're lucky enough to advance or mm-hmm. good enough to advance, and, and now you get in that rhythm, like you're right. at that playoff intensity, and you're, every you're other playing game, the every other yeah. day in this, and, yeah. and that. But that going from the regular season to the postseason, you know, not only does okay, you're not doing back to backs, you're not the, the travel, you know, everything's more consistent but it the intensity ramps up at the same time so it's kind of a change and yeah. it's like you just kind of want to get that first series underneath you if you if you can advance and then you know go from there yeah no it's uh it's been a great series and and uh you know i'm glad it's 2-2 i'm glad we get to see more hockey and we'll see if they can uh take the advantage in toronto in, in another night or so i think we'll see game five be a closer game yeah, I, I that's what I think. I'm waiting for the three two two one, you know, uh, back and forth affair that's yep. decided either in overtime or at the end of regulation or something like that, where it's a where it's a tie game going deep into the third. We haven't quite seen that just yet. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, I was going to say that the Rays uh, won three out of four against Seattle. Six out of seven on the West Coast so far. Pretty impressive road trip, I was going to say. Yeah, a monster road trip for them. And and really, um, they got kind of locked into another pitcher's duel that went to the 10th inning. They didn't score their guy from second with the tiebreaker. Uh, The Mariners did. So what you're saying is if this was hockey, they'd be 6-0-1 instead of 6-1. Yeah, you you get one point. You (laughs) You get a point out of it anyway. So yeah, I mean it's been a a great road trip coming off a kind of a shaky end to uh you know losing a couple games to Minnesota to two of their looser games. I there was a there was a story I am trying to think and I should know who wrote this cuz I don't have it in front of me. Um uh, somebody wrote a story about Wander Franco and kind of how at a time when baseball needs him most 
the Rays have some guys led by Wander Franco that are kind of bringing the excitement back to baseball in that it's not just one of three outcomes, home run, strikeout, or walk. Uh, this guy's hitting the ball all over the yard, making defensive plays everywhere. The Rays are putting the ball in play. Good to see Randy Rosarena break out of it for a little bit uh, the other night. Brendan Lau and got a couple home runs. Brendan Lau with a couple. Bo- that's you know, and isn't that so Brendan Lau though? Like he 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 had three pretty early home runs to start the year, then went into just a horrific sort of stretch. And when he comes out of it, and it's loud. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. he, he hits two bombs off a left-hander, no less. Um, and uh, yeah, they win that game, but. You know, it's it's the Rays are fun. Like, I know there wasn't much much offense uh, in terms of runs and things like that. You know, on Sunday night, but uh, for the most part, you know, when you turn them on, like you see you see fun baseball. Like they move the ball around. They're capable. They had the big comeback the other night um, with uh, Manuel Margot hitting a grand slam, I believe it was, and he's he's been phenomenal uh, in terms of RBIs. You know, everybody talks, and Austin Meadows is off to a pretty good start with the Tigers, but. You kind of look at it and you go, well, um, you know, they 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 move what low back down to the minor leagues, but who's kind of picking up the slack? And Margot's been the guy that's done that. And if you and now if you get Randy going a little bit, who got off to a really slow start, but um, their offense, like they get they get guys on base. You know, the old get them on, get them in, get them over, get them over, get them in. But they get a lot of guys on base and they move the ball. Like, you don't see a ton of strikeouts. And I think it's entertaining to me to watch them um, because they're kind of going against the grain a little bit. And they're led by a guy in Franco who seems to pick up three hits every night, unless he's DHing, which we found out he doesn't like to DH because he went 0 for 5. And uh, I don't think he likes likes that role very much. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, this they really turned it around on this road trip. This is this is you know this is I think their only West Coast trip or one of their only West yeah, Coast. Yeah, yeah. After this, they don't go outside the Central Time Zone. Yeah, so I mean, this is a this is a big one. Mark Topkin is out there for the Tampa Bay Times. You can read him on TampaBay.com, Even though some of those stories come in around two o'clock in the morning, so we got some blurry eyed editors down there at the Tampa Bay Times. You're going to bed at three thirty, like me and you. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's been um, a really good road trip and they got a, a, an encouraging performance i thought from yarborough who started the game on sunday well considering the innings. way he started the last game yeah oh yeah grand slam in the first inning right right and you know they you know you, it's amazing how he pitches differently with an opener in front of him isn't that crazy than when he starts although you know on sunday he started and, and pitched very well he did yeah uh, which was very encouraging because you know you see him starting you're going oh here we go Yep, and it's it's it was a, it's amazing his splits when he starts and when he's a bulk guy after an opener or two, and but give him credit on Sunday that was a that was a great performance. Yeah, I mean the the story of the year for the Rays is their pitching, right? I mean that that's really it is every been. year. I mean that's the, yeah. their bullpen particularly, but it is every year yeah. that's the story. Right. I mean that's how they're it's led, still pitching I, in defense. Their their bullpen has been superb. You know, just. Uh, pretty much lights out and you know having to do it with with some bullpen days you know they they've been really impressive and uh yeah ryan yarborough looked a lot more like himself he had some bite on his breaking balls and um was efficient and got through five which is you know what they wanted him to do so 
good road trip for the Rays, and they're going to continue that now in Anaheim. They go play uh, Shohei Atani and Mike Trout and the guys and Joe Madden and all that. So I would expect Mark will have a little checkup on Joe Madden at some some level uh, as they uh, as they go to Anaheim. Big news, and we can get more into this with Matt Baker, who's going to join us this week to talk about things like uh, NILs and what's going on. Now, by the, the way, trans- the NIL is report. crazy right now in college. Oh, it's the Wild West. There's no regulation whatsoever. They're basically, and this was kind of the fear in the beginning. I got my thoughts on it, so we'll save a lot of this with Matt because I think I'm going to be on a different side than him. In fact, I'm pretty sure of it. Um, but it's, uh, you know, the implications are wild because there's really no rules here. <laughs> it's like, you know, guys are negotiating deals and huge deals at that. And, and there's, there's no regulations for it really. Like, you know, what, what do these contracts look like? What are you, what are you doing for this money? Um, are we going to create a system of pure haves and, and have nots? Uh, to the degree that we might, you know, have to have a different national championship consideration. But all I know, and we'll talk about that with Matt Baker later this week, all I know, and I don't know if an NIL was involved, but should have been, USF pulled off one of its biggest coups yet, certainly the biggest one under Jeff Scott. Get this. They have landed a commitment from Baylor quarterback Jerry Bohannon, who was a starter last year at Baylor for 12 games, uh, including the Bears' uh, 21-7 Sugar Bowl win over Mississippi, Ole Miss. And he made a visit to Tampa after um, visiting Missouri. He had also lined up uh, uh, some interest from, uh, what, Oklahoma and Georgia Tech and Liberty. Mm -hmm. And he is now going to be, I think, your quarterback of the USF Bulls, uh, he's got two years of eligibility. So how about how about that? That's for a Jeff huge Scott? get for Jeff. Oh my Scott. God! Yeah, and and you know they're starting to finally have enough depth on this roster where they should be able to compete. But you've got to have you a starting have quarterback. Guy. And, yeah, you know Timmy McLean shows a lot of potential and and had a good freshman season. Ups and downs as freshmen do. Uh, but I don't know if his arm is good enough to compete at a high level in, in college football, particularly in the American Conference. I mean, well, maybe at least you know, accurate enough. Yeah. I, I mean, he can throw that, that's tomorrow, what I that's, Well, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I, that's what I meant. The accuracy, part. right? That's, yeah. that's what I was referring to. Right, I know. Um, you know, to compete, and you know, yes, it's not the Power Five, but when you've got schools like Memphis and, and SMU and Houston and Cincinnati, Cincinnati, at least for this yeah. year. I mean, and UCF. I mean, a couple of those schools are leaving for the Big Twelve after this season, but. You know, you've got to you've you've got to have a good quarterback, and if you don't, you've got no shot in that league. Yeah. And so this yeah. is a huge. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the transfer portal left at this point. Right. Started at Baylor, and they went to a conference championship. Yeah. I, I know, mean, not bad, right? Everything Jeff Scott needs. You know, now now they've got to produce. You know. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, he's got the quarterback now. Okay, that that's the piece you've been missing, and. I think there's other players that come in and transfer portal to USF that will help too. But, um, you know, this guy had kind of been languishing around at Baylor, not playing much for the first three seasons until um, last year he uh, popped in there. He threw for 2,200 yards, 18 touchdowns, but only seven interceptions. And he didn't throw an interception in his first six games of the year. 
which is big. So he protects the football. Um, and, you know, he's – look, I don't. I think there's good teams. We saw Cincinnati make it to the playoffs last year uh, for the national championship. But the Big 12 is a better conference overall, top to bottom, I think. And if this guy is coming from that to the American, you know, not that there's not – you know, still got Memphis, you still got Cincinnati, you still got – uh, SMU, you got good teams in in the conference, but um, he has a chance to dominate this. You know what I mean? Like he's played the best competition or some of the best competition, so it'll be real interesting. And, and this is when you find out, like at any level of football, man, if you've got that guy under center that elevates other but other people around him because he has that sort of ability and that leadership and talent and all that. And and I love you know the one thing. And again, there's there's a lot wrong with the transfer portals. Don't get me wrong. But the one thing you like about it is that he chose them, you know, so he's invested now and, you know, he, he's, he's got a chance to put USF back to respectability. Let's take it one step at a time or maybe even beyond, but he has a chance to save Jeff Scott's program because let's be honest, if he has a bad year this year, he's not going to be around next season. Um, It just hasn't happened fast enough these days. And so, you know, getting his guy, uh, or a guy or the best guy in the portal left in Bohannon to come and quarterback your Bulls. I can't I can't overstate how important that is. So good for him, good for the Bulls, man. I mean, they needed something like this uh, to invigorate them and you know, it's funny when that quarterback shows up, a lot of other skilled players start popping up too. You know, wouldn't surprise me if you started seeing some running backs, some receivers, um things like that. So another thing that happened uh, while we were away, I think this was maybe Friday, Tom Brady uh, on a uh, social media, maybe Twitter or TikTok, or he was responding to a TikTok by Justin Bieber about, you know, say something, whatever, that you would have never said before. And he sort of whispered, you know, the tuck rule. Yeah, it may have been a fumble. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Come on, Tom. After all these years, man. Didn't make uh, didn't make Raider fans very happy. He's just trolling them. I was going to say just, he did not say it was a fumble. No, he said may have been. Who knows? And then he came back and said it was a really tough call. You know, it was really close. I don't know. Um, but he his the the great the greatest thing about Tom Brady leaving New England has been he has owned social media. Like his social media game, and I know he's got lots of guys that do this for him. Let's not. Let's not get it twisted. Like he's got his own, you know, company uh, that helps him produce these. But he's very hands-on with it. But his his game is at the top right now. I don't know that there's any better anybody better. Of course, he's had a lot of news lately and retiring and unretiring and all that. Um, but he's done a, a tremendous job on social media, and this was really funny. Um, if you hadn't had a chance to see it, we we have it on TampaBay.com. dot com. You can go there and watch it. But um, yeah, Tom Brady. And all I could think of somewhere, somewhere, over a cocktail or a Coors Light or something, there's a guy in Tampa on his way to a USF basketball game probably going, oh, you got to be kidding me, man. That's a fumble, right? Now you're going to tell us the fumble. Like, the whole, if you go back to that time, and it can't be relived as it has been a million times, but, like, I remember that divisional playoff game, and the Raiders are going to win. There's like a minute 30, and he, mm-hmm. he loses the ball. Charles Woodson forces a fumble. Yeah, his college uh, he, teammate, Charles Woodson. Yeah, his buddy, uh, Beckert, recovers, uh, and the game's over. Like, it's snowy. They're going to take a knee. 
uh, no timeouts, all that. And, and this reversal of a call allows Adam Vinatieri to kick the field goal in the snow to send it to overtime, and then he kicks another one to win the game. What happened after that? Oh, not much. Tom Brady went on and won his first Super Bowl, and John Gruden got traded in the offseason to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he won a Super Bowl. What a what a sliding door, right? What a, what a well, change of direction. If, if that call doesn't get changed, Tom Brady may not be the starting quarterback the next season. That's correct. That's a great point. Yeah. Would Tom Brady be Tom Brady? Well, he might not have been because he might not have gotten that look. Look, he Drew got Bledsoe, hurt. Drew Bledsoe may have Drew, been the starter. Well, he got hurt and Drew Bledsoe played. And they went back to Brady mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, Drew Bledsoe got them in that Super Bowl because Tom got hurt and uh, after the tuck rule game. So you're right. Legacies of Brady began. If that doesn't happen, maybe he is never the starter. You know, maybe maybe he doesn't doesn't get that run that he needed to cement himself that way. And Bledsoe was a really, really good quarterback at the time that they were paying a lot of money to. How about Gruden? What happens to John Gruden if, if that really good Raiders team goes on and wins the AFC and maybe wins the Super Bowl? He's not coaching the Buccaneers, you know? And that changes that franchise's history and trajectory. So really interesting. We, we've talked about this in the past, like how a play here or a play there, especially in a Super Bowl, you know, can – alter legacies and, and, and things forever, you know, whether it's the David Tyree helmet catch and, mm-hmm. you know, diff- different things like that. Like one play changes everything. Julian Edelman's catch against Atlanta um, in the Super Bowl. And, you know, this is just sort of a, a huge example of it that, you know, entire franchises may have been altered if, if not for uh, a very, you know, unknown, not well-known rule that, some still think wasn't correctly applied. Uh, and, you know, the Patriots go on to win their first of six Super Bowls with Tom Brady. So uh, pretty cool stuff. But, yeah, it, just, it, it, was, it was the ultimate troll, and he was trolling Raider fans, and I feel for him. Not much going right with the Raiders. The president has resigned, suggesting all kinds of weird stuff out there. It's just, uh, it's just that, that kind of Would you of expect anything less from the Raiders organization? No, though? no, I don't. With Mark Davis, no. I don't, and it the greatness of the Raiders. It's just, it's just, it's part of their DNA. They're going to have these things from time to time. So we got uh, good shows for you planned. Of course, the Lightning will be getting ready for their trip up back to Toronto for Game Five of their Best of Seven series. Uh, see if they can take uh, some advantage. The Rays begin their series uh, with Anaheim. Anaheim's in first place. They're uh, really good. They're actually a half game ahead of Tampa Bay if you looked at the records. You know what? I'm happy for Joe Madden. It, it, it comes down to pitching, and they got a little bit of it this year. Because here's the thing. It's, it's, it's kind of bad for baseball fans because they play so late on the West Coast that you don't get to see. I mean, what would it be like to have, hey, you know what? We got the best player in baseball, Mike Trout. You got to see this Mike Trout. I mean, he's going to make about five hundred million dollars. I'm not kidding. I don't know. Couple. I think Mike Trout might be the second best player in his team. Well, well, and then <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. And then, oh wait a minute, there's this Shohei Otani guy. Yeah, not only is he maybe better than Trout in terms of a hitter, but he's also like a lights out on the mound. Like the dude can do both, right? And do it at the highest level. It's crazy to me that one team has, you know, you're basically trying mm-hmm. to decide which one's better than all of baseball. <laughs> on the same club, you know, and yet they didn't come close to the playoffs last year. Now, you know, good for Joe and them. They're they're off to a much better start, and their pitching's better. Um, 
but that's 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 going to be worth staying up you know late night with the Rays to see them play the Angels is going to be wait, worth the wait alright thanks for listening we'll be back tomorrow for Steve Burstyn Gummerick Stroud of the Tempe Times have a good day everybody 